Warning, Marriage on the Rocks provides unfiltered, unconventional, and sometimes unwelcomed relationship advice. Seth and Crystal are certified relationship coaches who have adopted specific methods that work very well for them. Your results may vary. Hey everyone, welcome to our 80th episode of Marriage on the Rocks. I'm Crystal. And I'm Seth. Every week we have a drink with our discussion, and this week we are having some St. James wine, the blackberry flavor. Yes, blackberry sweet wine. Yeah. I think, you know, the velvet red was the first we ever had, uh-huh. and I just loved it so much I didn't try anything else for a long time. I know. Well, we couldn't either. Yeah, and that's all we had. Yeah. You know, I think we thought that it can't get any better than this, mm-hmm. but the blackberry... Oh, it's so good. It's probably the best out of the yeah. St. James. Uh-huh. You know, one thing that I noticed, though, about the St. James is that I don't really feel anything. Drunk? Yeah, yeah. At, when I drink it. Well, it's because it's just this shy of Kool-Aid. I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think you get a sugar rush before you get Yeah, really, though. Buzz. You get a sugar rush and a sugar crash before It's 10%. Anything. Is it really? Yeah. It's higher than I thought. I never even looked. Yeah, it's higher than I thought. I mean, once too. again, St. James is a winery out of Missouri. You can only get it in certain locations. Uh-huh. And luckily, out here, most of our stores they they consider this kind of local. local. Uh-huh. Um, and most of the the good liquor stores out here have a big selection. Uh-huh. And they've got. I mean, even for Thanksgiving, what do we do? We did five different kinds of wines. Yeah. We did blackberry, blueberry, cherry, strawberry. The, did we do the velvet? No, we, no, didn't, we didn't do the velvet. Do the red. Red. It was something else. Uh, no, we got two. Didn't we just get two blackberries? Is that what we did? Maybe we did. Maybe oh, we no, did. We, we we got a different, the Sparks one, I believe. Oh, yeah. So we had four different St. James. Uh-huh. But they they have cranberry, they have winter flavors, they have the velvet red, they have like, they have a white, they have a peach. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, they have like. And I haven't had a bad of, one. No. They're all awesome. They're really good. The I really liked the cherry. This last week, yeah. I think that was the first time I had the cherry. Really? Yeah, because I think last year we bought it, but I was dealing oh, but with the turkey, drink, and so it was gone. But I was drinking cherry. the rum and the. Uh-huh. I usually drink something hard when I'm deep frying a turkey, but yeah, it was cold this year, so I wasn't standing outside. I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the blueberry was my favorite this year. Pretty good. It's really yeah. good. Uh-huh. So they're awesome. If you can find it, get it. Yeah, just try if, it. If you if your liquor store doesn't have it, ask them. Uh huh. And I'm sure and most can, liquor stores yeah. are able to order you and what you want. It's cheap. It is. It is super cheap. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. So yeah, it's great though. I I love St. James. Yeah. It's awesome. Me too. So this week we're going to be talking about uphill battles that you may be experience with your partner and. <laughs> Uphill battles. Yes, uphill battles and, and your relationship. So, yeah, we wanted to talk about that. I think that it's a, it's definitely a topic that a lot of people go through, mm-hmm. um, these different things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've talked about the reasons for divorce and the mm-hmm. top reasons for this and that. And when you look at lists like that, we pick, of course, the top ones, but mm-hmm. there's all kinds of stuff in there, and I think this is kind of a good opportunity to explore other reasons. Mm-hmm. That, and some are similar to what we've talked about. Some more ex- we've mentioned before. Yeah. But these, I thought this was a good one for those 
those uphill battles that a lot of relationships deal with. Some of them deal with multiple. Some may just be dealing with one. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But before uh, we discuss that, Seth has his dumbass post of the week. Yep. This one, I'll tell you right now, if you got kids in the car, you may want to pause. <laughs> yes, for real. Okay, pause is over. Here it comes. You're a cunt, but I love you. Yeah. Can you believe that? The biggest insult and biggest compliment to a woman rolled up in one. Yeah. This was said to, uh, it was a a post, literally. And the husband literally told the wife this. Yep. I couldn't believe it. I I don't know how you could mix those two in the same sentence. Yeah. You know? I couldn't even imagine you saying that, saying that I'm a cunt. And I'm not one of the I'm not one of those ladies that like absolutely can't stand that word. The C word. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's still I I wouldn't want is, my husband is there, or anybody calling. Is there me a that. bigger insult to a woman? Probably not. Okay. About their character or attitude? I don't think so. Yeah, not that I can think I mean, of. I, I think most women a lot of women relish in being called a bitch. Uh-huh. Oh, I know. They some for some reason take that as a compliment mm-hmm. when they shouldn't because it's usually not meant as a compliment. Mm-mm. I don't know how you would take this as a compliment. No. But, I mean, you see women now that take being called slut as a compliment, too. So, <laughs> yeah. who knows? I'm sure yeah. there's some proud cunts walking around out there. <laughs> right. Getting ready to have a parade about it or some kind of march. Oh, my God. Cunt, cunt March 2020. Oh, <laughs> Coming to a big city near you. No. No. That is just utter disrespect. Yeah, though. I mean this. This was an actual quote from a guy to his wife, mm-hmm. and they tried to pass this off as it was something funny, amusing, and cute. Oh yeah, how fucking. Th- that's funny. just how we are. Uh huh. You both a couple of dumb cunts. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and that's why it made it on the list yeah. of the dumbass posts of the week. Morons. <laughs> yeah, they are. So, yes, um, uphill battles. Wait, you know. Hold on. Uh-huh. Why do we not work that word in more in the episodes? What? Moron? No, cunt. Cunt? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I know that there's like there's got to be at least a good chunk of people that every time we say it, they're like, yeah. I know, yeah. I just can't stand it. Yeah. Is yeah. it worse than moist? <laughs> I don't know. I don't get... I don't understand because a lot of people hate both of those words. Well, there's so, some. Yeah, there's I, don't some get it. I, I don't think there's a word that can be spoken that I'm like, Ugh, Ugh, I hate yeah. that. Uh-huh. And I like phlegm. <laughs> you know, people don't like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know you get irritated with pronunciations of words, but it's not really the actual word or the thought of the action in the word. Oh yeah, I know. I don't. <laughs> the word milk. It's it's pronounced milk, not milk. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I, I think that, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just wondering if, if yeah. Are people still super offended by that word? I don't know. Or is, has it lost its edge? Maybe we're acting cunty right now and <laughs> I need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, that's funny, though. I know. Why don't we use that word? <laughs> so, yeah, uphill battles in in your relationship. Uh, like, like Seth said, we're... Some of these, or probably most of these, we we have talked about in previous episodes, mm-hmm. and even 
the one that I'm about to say, we actually had a full episode on it, mm-hmm. which is family mm-hmm. issues. I mean, every a lot of people deal with. I mean, it was important enough for us to have a yeah have a full hour episode. a long episode about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, which have, by the way, was one of our most listened listen to, to episodes yeah. next to the or uh, shortly after the. Why am I or something uh, about the cheating? Yeah, the why people cheat. Uh huh. Yeah, reasons why people cheat is the number one. But yeah, the family one. Yeah, it's obvious that people. Well, yeah, have. I mean, we we both know firsthand people whose relationships didn't last because of in laws. Mm-hmm. Very specifically because of the involvement of the family. And at the end of the day, even in the ones I'm thinking of. Were the family a complete pain in the ass? Yes, I'm not going to deny that. Mm-hmm. But it was still the partner's burden and responsibility to not allow the family to interfere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Because there are foolproof ways to not allow that happen. And number one is just don't allow that to happen. I know. I know. Well, and we were we were even like looking at, at stuff to... I don't know, trying to get some research and all that. And there was an article about um, another thing, you know, like relationship issues during the holidays and how not Mm -hmm. to have your family interfere with your relationship during the holidays. It was really like specifically how to not let your family make you feel guilty. Yeah, that's what it was. About spending time with your partner instead of them. Yeah, that's what it was. And so many families do that. Mm-hmm. They they make you feel shitty about wanting to just spend time with your partner when, like we have said in previous episodes, you we are our number one person. We mm-hmm. are each other's family. And once you get married, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's the number one priority. Yes. Period. The num- you're family. You're now family. Is, Even if it's two of you, mm-hmm. your unit. Yes. Trumps your, what do you call it? You have a very, you have a term. Oh gosh. <laughs> I know. Your family of origin. Yeah. Family of origin. That's what you say. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. I mean, and, and sometimes this gets to a point where you have to, if they can become toxic and yeah. you have to remove that toxic person or individuals or section or chunk or relatives or whatever it is if your relationship is going to survive and thrive and push forward. Yeah. You have Um, to discuss these things with your family too. mm -hmm. We had somebody reach out a few months ago uh, about this type of issue. And he said that he was having a really hard time with his wife and, and them her family coming over all the time un- unannounced and the you know he's he's like I don't know what to do I I said that I will have the conversation with them mm-hmm. but she refused to set them down yeah the you're if I'm trying to figure out the way to put the diagram here if your family is causing the problems you can't put the burden on your partner to talk to your family about it because that's going to do nothing but create tension. Mm-hmm. Now, I think create tension or tension is going to be created no matter who talks about it. Yeah. But you, as the one connected bloodline-wise to that family, 
unfortunately, it is your responsibility to set those boundaries for your family. Your partner can't do that. You have to do that for mm-hmm. them if they won't acknowledge it on their own. Yeah, I know. And and don't be scared to do it. Yeah. It's it's your relationship, and your relationship with your partner should be important mm-hmm. to you. And you should care about how your partner feels and that, you know, they don't feel comfortable with your family just coming over at any spur of the moment. I mean, if you had coworkers acting that way or friends acting that way. What would you do? Yeah, Yeah. you you would nip it in the bud. So it's the same logic and rules apply to your family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a... Those are things that are not easily overcome, and, and we, we see them absolutely destroy relationships if it's not controlled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really do. Especially once there's a, a level of animosity that, that becomes very toxic, and it, it spreads like a cancer um, through other people. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it can tend to burn a lot of bridges and ruin a lot of relationships, but if, if your, your partnership with your spouse and your partner are that important... That's the main, you know, connection that you need to make sure that it survives. Mm-hmm. And I would say that when you do talk to your family about those kinds of things, to not put the blame on your partner. That yeah, that's a big one. That's a lot of what a lot of people do. Uh huh. Because they'll do they'll do it. They'll mm-hmm. be like, okay, I'll talk to them finally. Yeah. And then they'll complain about you, the mm-hmm. partner, saying, oh well. You know, they, she really just doesn't like this. So, you know, sorry, mom. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to to not come over. Mm-hmm. And really, it's both of your issues. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I would even probably suggest doing it together. And hopefully, hopefully you'll feel a little bit of courage almost from with your partner being there mm-hmm. as your... As your teammate. The only thing I would watch out for that is I think that you run the risk of the family being like, those aren't your words, they're his words or her words. Uh When I think that if if the conversation is had minus the partner, Mm -hmm. it's more singular, it's more standalone, it's, but you you have to own it. I have an issue with what you're doing to my spouse. I have an issue with what you're doing... To my relationship. Mm -hmm. Or you can say, we have an issue, but it's you saying it, Mm -hmm. absent your partner. Right. And so it it really does hone in that it's not their words, it's not their problem, it is my problem Mm -hmm. with you and how you're behaving. Yeah. Um, And they'll still probably ultimately blame the partner anyway. Yeah, either way. they probably It's fine, Uh because I think that's unavoidable a lot of times, but... Um, but at least you stood your ground. Yeah. And that, that's a non-negotiable mm-hmm. conversation. And I think it's okay to say that. When I'm about to say, this is non-negotiable. There is no compromise here. Mm-hmm. This is what's going on and it's going to stop. Yeah. It, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just grow some balls. <laughs> yeah, really though. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one. But, uh-huh. the, but the reason it's up, an uphill battle is because of all the stuff you said. That a lot of times... The family that's causing the problems, their kin who you're married to is too afraid to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. And that is a complete uphill battle for your partner. That oh, your partner's going to get sick of fighting. Yeah, so. I know. Well, yeah, I know. Both of both of you are going to get sick of it. Mm-hmm. Because one of you is sick of the other one nagging 
the person about it. Mm -hmm. And then the other one doesn't want to to say anything. And you're like, come on, just say something Mm -hmm. to them. And you should never condemn your partner's actions in front of your family. No. no. If you have a problem with what your partner, you guys have that conversation. Mm -hmm. But you shouldn't condemn them in front of your family because that just gives them more fuel for the fire. Oh, yeah. Uh It definitely does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they'll know how upset you are and when you guys should deal with that on your own. By yourself at another another point, or before you talk to the mm-hmm. family. Well, and I think a lot of that comes from from stuff we, we discussed before about who you communicate with. If you're having problems with your partner, mm-hmm. and every time you and your partner get in a fight, you run and start telling your sister and your brother and your mom and your auntie and everybody else what a piece of shit you're married to, they are legitimately, sincerely concerned and feel that they have to step in. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you create this monster of a family that is now ruining your relationship because you couldn't keep your own issues in your house. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of it can kind of start and kick off from too. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. And with, with your family, <clears throat> with y- even with, I guess, that alone, you're, you can tend to become argumentative. Mm-hmm. And argumentative when you don't need to be argumentative, when you can just have a simple conversation. And but being needlessly argumentative creates another Mm -hmm. uphill battle. When when you have a partner that is continuously trying to pick a fight or find a reason for a fight, this you know this was part of my last relationship, uh, you you just feel like you're on eggshells all the time. Tiptoeing around that landmine of a spouse you have, hoping you don't put the wrong toe in the wrong place and it's going to make that thing explode. Um, and that is absolutely miserable to work, to, to live that way. And I think that, you know, the, the people that are in that relationship know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, it, it's those those nothing fights. It's those fights about the most mundane, stupid details that nobody else fights about. Mm-hmm. You know, who cares that there's two servings of cream cheese left in the refrigerator? I mean, who actually gets in a knockdown, drag out fight over that? Mm-hmm. You know, and and things that just take a simple question or a simple conversation or don't even warrant a response at all. They are actively seeking those opportunities out to explode and blow up on you because they get some kind of weird I don't know if it's pleasure or or I don't know what you would call it out of empowerment maybe that Mm -hmm. they get to pursue this argument and feel like they are on the attack Mm -hmm. I know and it's not so much that they're defensive about stuff. It's it's always offense. It's always offense. I know. Oh, yeah, I know. Well, and, and I don't think I've ever dealt with this in, like, a romantic relationship at all, like, with my ex or anything. Mm-hmm. I think that I know that we got into nothing fights, but it wasn't, it wasn't fights that were like that. I don't know, that were... The dumbass little, I guess some of them start with dumbass little things that just keep building up and building up. Mm-hmm. But I have personally experienced this with other people in my life, not not my boyfriends or anything mm-hmm. like that. 
and it's shitty. Mm -hmm. It sucks. It really, it, it bugs me even more because I'm like, I, I try to be a good person and I try to not argue and when I do argue I can't argue because <laughs> I get too emotional <laughs> and so I, I'm just a, a freaking mess when it when it comes to that and and those type of people know the type of person that I am and how to yeah how to yeah. poke my my buttons mm-hmm. and uh and so yeah it's <laughs> it's awful for me <laughs> it's well, really bad and I think in this I'm not saying this because of the dog scratching. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, because of what you just said, but it, it reminded me as you were saying it that I think that people that start these nothing fights mm-hmm. may legitimately not think that it's a nothing fight. Mm-hmm. I think really, that, you think I, that? I think so. I think that sometimes they feel very warranted in that in that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, because I can't really wrap my heads around how they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you how could you acknowledge that it's completely unwarranted? I mean, you would have to just be a real shitty person at your core to, to actually admit to yourself that, well, I know we shouldn't fight about this at all, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make it happen anyway. Yeah. I, th- I think it has to be a bigger deal to them than it is to the person that's on kind of the receiving end. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not well, really I necessarily what goes on in their brain though in their head to like to make them do that. Well, I think part of it's what we're going to talk about next. Oh, I guess that's true. But yeah, there is. I I I, I think that there. Once again, I, I I'm I'm not necessarily talking about that. You know, and I'll, I'll take you and your ex for for example, if. You know, he's always asking where things are in the house. Mm-hmm. And finally you explode. He may look at that and say, well, that was a nothing fight. All I did was ask where the bread was and she unloaded on me. Mm-hmm. But to you, you're like, it's not a nothing fight because his dumb ass can't ever find the bread. And the bread's been in the same fucking place for the last five years. And <laughs> he just won't open his stupid eyes and look at it. Mm-hmm. So that's not what I'm really talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I am legitimately talking about like, oh, man, I heard the weather's going to be nice today. Ugh going to be nice great yeah <laughs> well, do you not want the weather to be nice well if you want it to be nice then fine you'll just get your way uh-huh. like what are you talking about what this is just nothing to even argue about it's uh-huh. just an observation it's not that you say something like why do you got to chew your gum like that and they're like why are you always picking on me behind chew my gum that's not what i'm talking about it's literally grasping out of thin air and saying hey you know what this has nothing to do with anything but we're going to make this a fight Mm-hmm. And that's what needlessly argumentative is, mm-hmm. which I think is different than just being a poor communicator. And every discussion or thing you have turns into an argument. That's that's something different. It, it really is this. I am so dissatisfied. You know, our next one is contempt. I mm-hmm. have so much contempt for my partner that every time we want to talk to them, I have these. And I, this may answer your question: What's going on through their mind? I just want to choke him and kill him. And mm-hmm. I know I can't physically do that. So I'm going to feel better about my shitty situation stuck with this partner just by verbally blasting them. Mm-hmm. And I think they get some kind of release from that. But it's so damaging to the other partner. And if you're that partner that has that type of spouse that needlessly argues, I really don't even know what the answer is to curb that behavior Mm -hmm. because i tried everything 
I tried arguing back. I tried completely agreeing with everything she said. (laughs) I tried not saying anything at all and just listening. I tried asking questions in the conversation. And everything that I did or didn't do seemed to antagonize her even more. Mm -hmm. Where if she's yelling and I'm just sitting there, she's like, don't you have anything to say at all? I I don't, not really. I mean, you're saying enough for both of us, so I don't have anything to say. And then when I yell back, then, yeah. of course that doesn't help. Uh-huh. And when I pull, you know, well, how does that make you feel? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it makes me feel yeah. bad. Yeah, it makes me angry because I feel that you are stupid. <laughs> you know, and so that didn't help. So I, I couldn't properly navigate that to the point to where it ever curbed. Mm-hmm. Aside from just completely avoiding her to the point we just didn't communicate, yeah. which obviously didn't help. And that's not well. A and I think that I think. Yeah, if, geez, uh, maybe, I mean, maybe you guys, well, obviously you weren't the right partner for her and she wasn't the right partner for you, but maybe there is a right partner out there for those types of people. I'll you know you how to that, handle it. How? You say, do you want a divorce? And if they say yes, you say, okay, then we don't need to argue about this anymore. If they say no, they say, okay, shut the fuck up <laughs> and let's just move on. <laughs> But, I don't know. But, yeah, dealing with a contempt Mm -hmm. partner in your relationship, though, I mean... Or for each other. Yeah, for each other. And, I don't know, just like... Contempt and resentment, things like that, if it doesn't get worked out and you guys don't have a conversation about it, it gets worse. It snowballs. It gets worse and worse and worse, and you end up literally hating each other. Yeah, I mean, you don't respect each other at all. That's just... Yeah, Yeah, that... that, And I think that that's what leads to that type of argument because there is a complete lack of respect for your partner's feelings, your partner's opinions, your partner's perspective if you are needlessly arguing. And I think a lot of that is driven out of having contempt for one another Mm -hmm. Um, because, as you said, it just... It removes all levels of respect. Mm -hmm. You can't respectfully communicate. You can't respectfully have a conversation. You, you, You can't do anything with any level of respect at all because it's almost like you have blinders on and all you can see is this this contempt which is growing into this like deep rooted hatred mm-hmm. <laughs> for your partner that you just can't seem to see past or get over um and that's a i mean something like that requires significant deep dives into the issues where chances are it's not just one thing oh i know but you can only tackle one thing at a time. So you may find out in that discussion that, well, he's unhappy because she doesn't ever want to have sex. Mm-hmm. And she's unhappy because he's a bum or he's lazy or what, whatever it is. But you, you tend to see one partner may have a lengthy list as to why they feel that way. Mm-hmm. And that's okay and fair enough to communicate. But what's unfair is to expect your partner to immediately be able to fix everything on that list. And it's got to be like a to-do list. You, you can't do it all at once. Mm-hmm. You need to prioritize and say, okay, well, what's the most important? If I don't like how my partner, you know, speaks to me, their tone is off. And because of their tone, it has made me, you know, mentally, I don't seem to connect with them. I have a, and that's now affected my physical outlook on them and my attraction, which has created their complaint and contempt that we don't have sex enough. 
So let's fix that first. Let's How do you fix work that, on his though, t- well that's where you, you have know? to communicate it out. And he needs to be fully aware of how he speaks to his partner. Mm-hmm. And and understand the tone and you know the the nonverbal cues that he gives and the the way he's saying things, not just the way he says it, and and be overall aware of how he communicates with her. Mm-hmm. And that takes time. It's not going to happen over a weekend or a week or a couple's retreat or two sessions at a therapist or any of that stuff. It takes significant time. Mm-hmm. And you get past that, and then you see how you feel about it, and you see if, you know, well, he's, he's communicating. I can tell he is actively trying. And once again, I don't mean, oh, he's done really good for the last week. No. Mm-hmm. Like, significant time. Mm-hmm. And you start to see that that improves, and 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 that issue starts to go away, and maybe you start to have a little better verbal connection with them and mental connection with them, and that hopefully will lead to a better physical connection. And then, as that's starting to kind of smooth out, let's start looking at the next thing, and, mm-hmm. and what can we work on there? And but but you you have to pick them off one by one. You can't just jump in and try to take care of this laundry list of complaints about your partner all at once. Well, I think sometimes... If you want to stay. Yeah, and I think that sometimes you don't know even where exactly to start mm-hmm. is is the problem. Because you you know you have a long list of stuff, and but and usually the list starts with something small. Yeah. And just gets bigger and bigger and you get more irritated. Yeah, but, but I think that's where... If you're going to be able to come up with a list of all these things you don't like about your partner, right, wrong, or indifferent, you have to be able to prioritize what they can work on. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked about it on here um, in one of the other episodes when we were talking about addiction and stuff like that. But I, I, I made the point that a lot of people will say, if this one thing would just change, yeah. we would live happily ever after. And, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. But for argument's sake, in this scenario, what is that one thing that you think out of that whole list, if that one thing was better, would be the first step to take or would ultimately... You could handle the other nine things, but out of the ten, that one thing is the biggest problem. The worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And, I and think, then, yeah, go from there. And then if that once that big thing gets resolved, mm-hmm. then move on to the second bi- right. second biggest thing or whatever. And I think guys are... A little less objective when they can look at that list, especially if you go to traditional arguments of, you know, of a guy being like, "Well, my only problem in the relationship is we don't have sex." Well, realistically, if you, if you were having sex on a regular basis, but she was still verbally berating you and she was still nagging you and she was still handing you, would you really be that much happier? And I think even phrased that way, guys would be like, "Well, yeah, I could put up with all that shit if she was having <laughs> sex with me." Mm-hmm. But I think that if he did get what he wanted from the sexual perspective, because you're satisfied in one thing doesn't mean you're going to automatically be satisfied with other things. I think they would start to see dissatisfaction in <clears throat> their partner's attitude, their partner's tone, their partner's you know perspective of them and all that stuff as mm-hmm. well. Um, so, Well, I, and then their love languages or whatever may change too. Right, yeah. After, you know experiencing oh okay well now she is giving me the sex that i want and need mm-hmm. and now i realize that that's not that wasn't I need exactly more of the yeah other it's other stuff too yeah. yeah yeah i don't know that's i don't know it's pretty interesting though and, and even talking about 
sex stuff, though, is people have incompatible sex drives. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's pretty difficult to to deal with. (sighs) Yeah. I I mean, when when you look at what the experts say about this and what uh, relationship counselors, divorce counselors, psychotherapists, whoever, when you talk about sex and driving compatibility, they, they all say that this is something you need to identify very early in the relationship. The problem I have with that advice is people lie and fake through the beginning of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people may act like they're more into sex because they want to latch on to a partner, their partner latch on to them, so they act like they have a higher sex drive mm-hmm. than they really do. And I think that that's why you get these stereotypical relationships where dating period is sex, 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 engagement period, sex, 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 the first two months is sex, 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 and then it just stops. Somebody got tired of playing the game. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that... I think that you can have a a higher sex drive when you when you do get when you do first get together because you are more sexually attracted to them initially and I mean that's what usually you know you see someone and mm-hmm. you're like oh my gosh yeah I they appeal to my eye you know I it's not anything else it's usually just physical mm-hmm. and I think that in the beginning of a relationship, you are wanting to... to. I don't think it's necessarily the person being fake. Really? Yeah, I think that they really... I think most people genuinely do like to I have sex I think you're with saying their, that because you have a high sex drive, though. I don't know. But I didn't with my, I didn't with my ex, though. Yeah. And so... Because, I mean, I would say I wasn't faking, you know, being sexually attracted to you when we first got together. Right. But it was that well, we continued to have the good sex that we did, were having. Uh, and, and I don't think it's necessarily that somebody's faking that they are sexually attracted to them. Uh-huh. I, I, I literally mean the simple conversations of. The, you know, the girl's like, what do you want to do tonight? He's like, I don't know. You want to have sex? When you're dating, she's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But most people, fast forward five years, and she says, what do you want to do tonight? And he says, you want to have sex? She goes, ugh. Why? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think that, and I say she because I don't think guys do this as much as women. I think it wasn't that she wasn't not sexually attracted and she was making herself do something she didn't want to do. Mm. I think she was more up for the suggestion of sex because the relationship was new and was behaving in a manner that really wasn't exactly who she is for the sake of the relationship. That means she hated it. That means she didn't enjoy it. It just meant that, well, I'm going to put a little more it's the same way people do with other stuff. I'm going to put more effort into the relationship when it's new. Mm-hmm. And and sex, I think, becomes another one of those tools that you do to put more effort into the relationship. Yeah, okay. From partners that may not have that high of a sex drive. Mm-hmm. And, and the only reason I say all that is because I think it's very, very hard, based on what the experts say to do, I think it's almost impossible to identify that early on. Oh, I know. That's unfortunately something people find out after they are, quote-unquote, trapped 
in the relationship that, oh my gosh, my partner doesn't want to have sex with me. Yeah. And as the guy on the end, that switch is now turned off, you're like, what happened? Right. What happened? Why did this happen? You freaking fooled me. I, you, you, you had me blindfolded, and now I see that you hate sex altogether. Mm-hmm. And why did you do that to me? I've been duped. You know, and that's, that's how the person feels. Yeah, we, but that's why you got to keep the, you got to keep, both partners need to keep it fresh and keep it going good. Like, you can't, you can't just every time sit there on a Friday night, oh, what do you want to do? Do you want to have sex? Because that would get old. It would get, it would be like. Just well, too know. routine? Yeah. And when you can change it up, at least, a little bit, even if you want to have sex, do something sexy for for your partner, you know? Do something that that can, that makes your partner want to keep having sex with you. Well, and I think that, I think that, that hits on it, too, that the sex drive seems higher without a lot of effort, mm-hmm. initially. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's... I don't know. I don't even know how to say this without sounding hypocritical. I don't think that. You, I don't think that your partner should have to put forth all this effort for your for them to want to have sex with you. Mm. But I do completely agree that it can't be the same routine mm-hmm. all the time. Um, with hey, it's it's ten o'clock on Tuesday. It's time to do it. <laughs> you know. Or anything like that. Unless, Which some people do need that. Yeah, some people do need that because of kids. But, you know, I, I think that there there should be some level of continually changing spice or flair to it. Mm-hmm. Or, or it, I mean, we did that whole episode on things to say yes to. Mm-hmm. So listen to that. We give yeah. you all kinds of ideas. Yes. In there. Some great tips. Yeah. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think that you do need some kind of variations in there to keep it going. But my but, overall point is you, you don't identify that early on. Yeah. You, you don't identify that until later on. Uh-huh. And so once it's been identified, the person actually now feels like they're getting stiffed. <laughs> I'm not really, I guess they're not getting stiffed. <laughs> if that's happening to them, they feel like it was a Band-Aid ripped off and they don't know why. Uh-huh. I know. Well, and it's an uphill battle. Yeah, and, and then it becomes the uphill battle. They're continu- They're trying to win their partner over and trying to, you know, try trying to get that sex drive back from. Well, you're trying to get your partner's sex drive up, and you don't know how to do it. Yeah. And they don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you're with one of those needlessly argumentative people, they may know exactly how to do it, but they refuse to do it just because out of spite, and they don't want to. Pleasure you anymore. That's so true. <laughs> I know. Jeez. Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I mean, yeah, and that's why we're having this episode because mm-hmm. because all of these things are a really big uphill battle. Um, one that we, of, of course, you know, you should never keep secrets from your partner. And if your partner is being secretive towards you, mm-hmm. then... You know, how do you fix that? And what there, it's going to continue to be an uphill battle for that. Well, and I, I think secretive, it's funny because if you ask somebody, you know, 30 years ago, 
What were things your partner did that was secretive? It would be a totally different answer than if you asked somebody now. What are things that your partner does now that's secretive? Because when you ask somebody many years ago before cell phones and social media and check-ins and and you know monitoring and all of tracking and all these things that we can do now, secretive had a very specific different definition. My husband goes out at all hours of the night and I don't know where he goes and he comes home. Mm-hmm. That's not really the complaint anymore. It's I don't know the password of their phone. I don't know. I'm not friends with them on social media. I don't know what they're doing. Um, <clears throat> you know, they make sure nobody tags them in anything. And so it, it's it's an ever-evolving challenge of really kind of pinning down and identifying what the current term secretive may mean. Mm-hmm. But irregardless. Irregardless. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless of whatever the current trending definition of secretive may be, whatever those signs that you feel are secretive, that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Well, and yeah, if you do feel that your partner is being secretive, they probably are being secretive. I, I mean, I dealt with the secretive stuff in my previous relationship, and it was, it, 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 I guess it was, I mean, I guess there's MySpace out mm-hmm. at that point, but it wasn't as social media wasn't as big as it is now, I guess. Right. And he was out in all on, at all hours of the night, you know, doing God knows what. And I know that there was like girls involved. I mean, drug dealer girls involved. Mm-hmm. And I don't, who knows if there was cheating involved with all of that, but it was a secret to me. And it was, it wasn't uphill battle. I mean, I didn't know what to. So what did you do? Did you, did you tell him, did you ask questions or how did you handle that? Yeah, I asked questions. I, and then eventually I was like, well, then I'll go, I'll go with you then. Mm-hmm. I'll go and, you know, I'll go to these drug deals with you. And Was he like, well, it's not a big deal. I don't know what you're freaking out about. And so you were like, well, if it's not a big deal, then I'll go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, oh, yeah, that girl's ugly and this and that. And then I meet her and she's not ugly. And especially, like, when I'm overweight and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess it's, you know, some skinny tweaker girl. Of course, that I'm not gonna think that she's ugly, right? But yeah, I mean, it was it it sucked having mm-hmm. to deal with that, having to go through that uphill battle of trying to figure out well, what is my partner doing? And then I guess eventually I, I did find out what he was doing, but and it was drugs and. It was a big deal. Yeah. It wasn't some insignificant, no. innocent thing. Mm-mm. And and that that's the problem with this is it never is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all seen Knocked Up. Uh, never are you going to find out that your husband's sneaking off and you track him down and he's just playing fantasy football. <laughs> that's a movie. That ain't going to happen. That's true. You know, your gut is a lot smarter than your heart. And people don't listen to their gut, and they mm-hmm. let their heart, which makes stupid decisions, control their actions mm-hmm. and, and dictate what they're doing. 
and I secrecy is uh, once it's only a secret because you find out that it's a secret. And people think they're sneaky. I would actually land blast the guys, but women are just as dumb as men with this. It's mm-hmm. just that I think men suck a little more at finding out what the woman's doing. But you still know. I mean, I, when my when my ex was disappearing and you know going and oh, I'm going with the girls to Breckenridge. I knew she wasn't. Mm-hmm. With the girls, mm-hmm. you know, there wasn't one picture taken with the girls. There wasn't, you know, anything she brought back from shopping with the. I mean, oh, I decided not to. I, I knew I wasn't stupid. You just want to lie to yourself and yeah, tell yourself that. I think that's what it is. Oh, maybe she is telling the truth. I'll give her the because you just don't want to admit that they're fucking around behind your back mm-hmm. uh, because that would make you feel really stupid and it would make your already low self-esteem even lower. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to admit to yourself what they're doing, but once you kind of step away or if you're smart enough to say, what would you tell your friend in this situation? Oh, I know. Step back and say, if somebody came to you and said, Hey, you know, my wife said that she took a girl's trip to Breckenridge, but you know, she drove out of here in her car and I know she didn't take her car up there. There's no pictures. There's no, she didn't go shopping. There's no proof that she did anything at all. And her stories don't add up. I tried to call her five or six times. She never answered her phone. Do you think everything's cool? I mean, anybody with half a brain would be like, dude, she's fucking around on you. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to admit that to ourselves. I know. I know. That is a good point. Like, to to look at it that way to where... If someone else was telling you the same story that you're going through, mm-hmm. what would you tell that friend? Yep. And you, I think that once you do realize, oh, no, this is what I would tell that friend, There, that is your freaking sign. Mm-hmm. Like, in big, bold letters, freaking, you need to, you need to get out, really. Yep. <laughs> you need to do something about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know if they're, I mean... If your partner is being secretive with that with that uphill battle... Well, I mean, the simple statement of people that don't have anything to hide don't try to hide anything. Mm-hmm. Just fucking remember that. People that don't have anything to hide don't try to hide anything. And you can apply that to whatever you want. I mean, I know last week when we shot out our episode about boundaries, mm-hmm. some people thought that we meant boundaries within your own relationship of... Oh, my partner's always bugging me for my password and wants yeah. to see my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, no shit, and you should be able to give that up. If you are trying to hide stuff, if you have nothing to hide, what does it matter? People that don't have anything to hide don't play this game of, well, I don't have anything to hide, but it's a privacy issue. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. You are hiding something <laughs> plain as day. Uh-huh. I mean, it's like everybody getting in arms about the government spying on you or... Or listen, I ain't doing nothing wrong. I don't give a shit. They can spy on me all day. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Have at it. Yeah, I know. As long as you're not doing anything yeah. wrong, then what does it matter? And if your partner isn't doing anything wrong, then yeah. And the second you start to get defensive about it and start coming up with that crap about, you know, it's just a privacy issue. You're doing something wrong. You're guilty of something. Yeah. Most of the time, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But even so, I mean, going along with all of, with all of that, with secrets and and everything, being secretive, 
comes the infidelity stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, if they're being secretive about a lot of all of these little things, like a trip to Breckenridge or whatever, mm-hmm. most most likely they are cheating on you. Yep. yep. You know, I think that, uh, you know, some some marriage counselors, they will say that, Infidelity in itself is an uphill battle, but chronic infidelity is. And, and you know, we've been very vocal on here that once is enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so we mirror that with this, that any level of infidelity is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that from our own perspective, it wouldn't be an uphill battle. There would be no battle to have. It would be over. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we say infidelity is an uphill battle, that's specifically for people that have gone through that and are, for whatever reason, beyond my opinion about it or my recommendation or my suggestion or guidance on it, they have decided to stay in that relationship. Um, it's going to be an uphill battle No forever. matter what, yeah. That you may not ever accomplish. Unless you can somehow mentally find a way to completely suppress that that happened maybe you go see hypnosis Mm -hmm. (laughs) or something it's not gonna go away no it's like herpes (laughs) it's always there and sometimes it'll flare up (laughs) oh my gosh we need to put that on a shirt (laughs) cheating is like herpes it may stop and go away but it'll always flare back up that's so true that's a good Right. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, <laughs> it you you're never gonna. Most people don't get past it, and it mm-hmm. or well, I mean, I guess people. I guess some people say that they get past it, and I can. I can't understand that honestly, yeah. but well, it, it it goes against kind of our philosophy of. Mm-hmm. Marriage doesn't take hard work, and it's effortless mm-hmm. because it takes a hell of a lot of work to get past that, and it takes constant effort to continue moving forward. Mm-hmm. From both and so I partners. think that that's why we're so far on the opposite side of it. And I think that's why people that have gone through that tend to get very upset when we say things about infidelity. Mm-hmm. Well, we got past it, and we're happy. Eh, I think that's debatable mm-hmm. because if you and I had a conversation, if I brought both of you on the podcast today— after you've given me this bullshit about how, well, he cheated and I'm over it. Okay, really? Well, let's talk about the girl that he fucked behind your back mm-hmm. in your bed in your home yeah. while your kid was sleeping upstairs. You're, you're, over, you're over that? Even me bringing that up doesn't give you a little tinge of anger? <laughs> I know. I'll, I'll get a rise out of you. Uh-huh. And that proves my point. It does. That's your herpes. <laughs> flaring back up. <laughs> Yes. If I can't talk about cheating or your husband cheating on you or your wife cheating on you and you don't get upset, you don't get a hot flash on your neck, and you don't get red in the face, that's your cheating herpes flaring up. <laughs> and it means it never goes away. <laughs> I Yeah, I totally agree with that. I and mean, so, I think that... I just, I don't buy that anybody's ever over it. I really just don't. Yeah, I, I think that that's the biggest one though, yeah. out of all of these is, is the cheating thing because just it's always there Mm -hmm. it's always there in the back of both of your minds that this happened yeah and 
and there's nothing that I can do to make it not unhappen, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. it, it's that analogy that a plate can a plate can be dropped on the floor and broken and glued mm-hmm. back together, but the cracks are still there. Yes. It's the same thing. So mm-hmm. Yeah, if you choose to stay in that, I mean it is gonna be a constant, constant uphill battle. Uh-huh. I know. For both of you. Yeah. It is. I don't know, but Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> with with all of this though you know like we said we we wanted to talk about it because we do believe that these are very common Mm -hmm. things that are constant uphill battles in relationships and i mean i don't know if we've if we've helped any today (laughs) with anybody because all of our answers or all of everything that we believe in it is I don't think it's it's been very maybe the, the first one well I mean I think that we, we talked about the contempt I mean a lot of that's still communication digging and finding what the problem is I mean is. I guess these last two were just pretty well I mean harsh, e- even the, the secretive thing I mean we, we, we put that in the context of you know talking to you and your partner's very secretive mm-hmm I mean, you're, the challenge that you have in that that situation is trying to get your partner over. To, I mean, we're not talking to the person that's being secretive. If we are, don't be a secretive, sneaky little bitch about it and come out, <laughs> yeah. you know, with what's going on. Uh-huh. That's the advice to that person. But if you're the one that's dealing with the secretive partner, who's probably the one listening, not the one running around, right? there's not a lot you can tell them to do, mm-hmm. you know, try to confront it head on. Most of the time, they're going to get very defensive and they're going to say what I said. It's no big deal. I don't have. I'm not hiding anything. Just give me my own privacy. I'm allowed to have my own personal space. I'm allowed, and that's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you what they're going to say. That's saying that it's bullshit. If you choose to believe that, like I did, I know, and I did that. I believed every word of it in my last relationship. That's. I think a lot of people's natural well, way of dealing you, with I it. I don't think you necessarily believed it because you knew in the back of your head, and and the people know in the back of their heads. Yeah. The. What is really going on? If I mean, you if I, you I, I have would, a feeling, I wonder statistically, out of the people that are like, I think my partner's cheating on me, mm-hmm. and they were wrong. I know, huh? How often are they wrong? Mm-hmm. And I, I've I've heard of stories of I think my partner's cheating on me, and they try to catch him, and they don't catch him cheating, and for the moment it makes them look innocent, but then you find out that was just luck and timing, and they really were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I know one person that's ever said that that the partner wasn't. Yeah, I know. I think that you start to have that thought and you start to immediately push it down and suppress it because you don't want to really admit what's going on. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> going back to the even the secretive thing, I was secretive too, and mm-hmm. about my innocent relationship with, with a you, coworker. you know, and it was <laughs> not innocent mm-hmm. obviously but on the surface you were able to play it off like it was innocent we yeah. just work together i seen three times a week uh-huh. we just happen to sit next to each other what's the big deal right so anybody can take anything that's not innocent and make it sound innocent mm-hmm. yeah you know oh the secretive little bitch yeah way to Jeez. go i wonder what word your ex would call you now he'd probably call me a little cunt <laughs> <laughs> On a uh, on a lighter note, before we wrap up, 
we have, last week we launched the Marriage on the Rocks Speakeasy. Yes. Facebook group page. Uh-huh. Um, we thought this would be a fun way to, you know, we, we read the dumbass post of the weeks every week. And believe it or not, it's kind of a pain in the ass to dig Try up Try to of find those. them. <laughs> so we actually want you guys to do some work for us. <laughs> but if you guys find that stuff, share it on there. Yeah. If you've got questions, share it on there. If you've got topics you want us to discuss, share it on there. If you want to openly discuss something that's happening, we've had, we have that thing set to private. We turned it to where... People can't promote their their bullshit pages or, or whatever it is they're trying to promote. It's just for people, mm-hmm. um, fans yes. and friends and followers of the group. Right. Uh-huh. Um, Nobody, ha- not public. Yeah, it's uh-huh. not public. Everything will be kept, you know, secret. If you guys share a dumbass post a week, we will give you full credit. Yeah, we'll that. give you a shout if, out on yeah, the show. If you ask a question that, you know, you want held private, we will not give you credit right. <laughs> for yeah. that. Um, you know, drink ideas, put them on there. I mean, it's... We're at episode 80 mm-hmm. as of this one. Um, so that means we've had to come up with 80 different beverages over the last year and a half to hit this point. Some of them we've duplicated, and there are still about a million more. Oh my but gosh, if you yeah. have something, if you try something, if you're introduced to something, if you see something on a menu that looks good, take a picture of it and no, post, post it, it on in there. there. Share it in there. Yeah. You know, interact with us. We want to we wanna really get you – know, we, we get a lot of private messages. We get a lot of private emails from you guys, but we, we want to, you know, kind of interact with you guys through that social media outlet, um, yeah, a little differently fun. than we've been able to, if you're just following us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, cause yeah. we've been getting a lot of really good feedback lately of people. I think after doing this for a year and a half, we're really starting to get people that are seeing changes in their, in own their relationships, relationships. Oh. because, you know, it's given them 12, you know, six to 12 to 18 months of, listening and talking and communicating and yeah taking our unfiltered and completely biased information yeah. and opinions <laughs> right. and applying it to their own relationship yeah i know and well, yeah because we just got a message just today mm-hmm. even that that said you know thank you for out of the for blue. everything yeah for everything mm-hmm. that you guys do and that me and my husband watch you guys together and it's so nice that, you know, what you guys put out there and that our communication has become so much better after listening to your podcast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's so cool to to see that and to hear those things. And, yeah, we want to we want to interact with you guys more on the new group page. So, yeah, it's Marriage on the Rocks Speakeasy mm-hmm. is the group name. Just find it on Facebook. We'll uh, We'll definitely be posting about it. Uh, throughout the week on on social media letting you guys know you know how to find it how to get there and all that Mm -hmm. so yep but yeah find it tell your friends about it yeah yeah for sure Mm -hmm. you know we we travel a lot i think this would be a really good way um to meet yeah people Uh as well when we're on the road when we're we're doing i mean we we do things here in oklahoma at our at our place at our house where you see us record every week Mm mm-hmm where we, we've done the events that we've talked about. And if you're in our neck of the woods and, and our neighbor that we haven't talked to or we haven't met, there's no problem with connecting that one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Reach out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let us know. Have fun with it. Yes, for sure. Get your Christmas shopping done. Yeah. <laughs> but um, as always, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Go to the group page. And listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.